All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Shut your yap. That is what Connor McDavid said to John Tortorella with another ridiculous highlight real goal. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff show. Today is Friday, November 19th. He's Steve Greeley, former Buffalo Sabres assistant general manager. Greels, what's going on? Frank, good to have you back. Uh, you know, I thought I might have seen you up on stage for the Hall of Fame induction, but maybe a few <laughs> years down the line. But good to have you back, man. Maybe in 2000 and never. Uh, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock and let's dive in and talk about that McDavid goal last night. All of a sudden, two goal of the year candidates from one player in the span of what, three weeks here? So I got to ask you, it was the debate we asked the question, the poll question on Twitter today at Daily Faceoff, which McDavid goal was better against the New York Rangers one on four or against the Winnipeg Jets one on three? What's your pick, Grills? Well, first of all, Frank, I am just so happy he did not change his game. Uh, he, he did not take the advice of some, and he stayed the course, which I'm very happy to see. For me, I'm going with the Rangers goal, the one-on-four situation. Uh, the emotion of that night, down 4-1, then they're down 5-4, and he scores this big-time goal. He goes wild, but one of my favorite parts of the goal was, honestly, there was almost like a Mike Hockey or Adam Hockey piece of it where he says I'm going to leave the zone for a second here and Paul Yarby's like whoa I, I got to get on sides and he sprints out and McDavid says let me take it boys goes in one on four uh, but 
unbelievable play. And the good news that we're, we're going to get to probably see two, three, four, five more of these from this guy. So don't change, Connor. Yeah, I mean, look, asking to pick between these two is like picking your favorite child. I'm not sure that you can. But for me, it's the Jets. You mentioned the moment in that Rangers game. And yes, it, both of these are game tying goals. I just love the response in what was a tit for tat back and forth game. Last night, scoreless, the Jets finally score and pull ahead. And it's 28 seconds later, this is the kind of response that we get from Connor McDavid. I, I think you look at the gap here. I mean, yes, he waded through a lot in this still photo uh, against the New York Rangers. But to see, like, where's he going in this, in this frame against the Jets? To think that he gets from there through and by Logan Stanley like he's standing still. I mean, it's bananas to think about. I don't know how you even approach that and say, well, hey, this is the path that I'm going to take there's no player in the world that could do that. No, and I, and I don't even know how you coach against it, right? What are, you, are you saying in your pregame meetings, like, on the one-on-four, let's do this, right? <laughs> he's going inside, he's going outside. It doesn't matter. So uh, all you're trying to do is keep the puck off his stick and good luck. Maybe, maybe we'll see the shadow come back. We haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I feel like growing up, you'd see Lemieux or Gretzky once in a while getting shadowed. I mean, maybe that's what it's going to take to slow this guy down. But how, you know, again, how would you shadow him? You can't even catch him. You can't. I know. I know, man. <laughs> good, good luck trying to put someone on his hip the entire game. Not happening. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's go out east and talk about the New York Islanders. A little bit of a disappointing start to the season. Five, six, and two as they enter their first home game of the season on Saturday night. Yes, November 20th. 38 days on the road. Take a look at the map, Grills, of this odyssey for the New York Islanders to start the season. My take, as everyone's saying, what's wrong with the Islanders dragging up the, the rear of the Metro? What's wrong with them? I say, I think they got through this just fine. I mean, one of my favorite quotes of the offseason was Lou Lamorello saying when he saw the schedule, hey, Lou, what was your reaction? He said, I needed to go for a long walk. I'm like, Surprised he didn't kick any dogs on the way on that walk because 13 games to start the year before finally getting home. This is a group that I think is a launch. This is a launching point moment for this team. Yeah, I think I think it's the longest or second longest start on the road in the history of the league or something crazy like that. And, you know, I hope these guys were getting Delta miles or something because that's a free vacation <laughs> for the families. But, you know, the big thing for the Islanders coming up, I had them as a playoff team. I think everyone did. A lot of us had them winning the, winning the division. They have 14 games between now and January 1st. Of those 14, 10 are at home. So here, here's your opportunity to make up some ground. It is going to be very difficult in the Metro. Every night it seems like teams are at least getting to overtime. You know, they're, they're losing 2-1 but getting a point. And they're tying each other. Every night's a three-point game in the Metro. So... They have some work to do. They got to get healthy. Um, you know, we're going to touch on a few of their young guys later, but exciting for them to open up the new rink too. Oakview Group does an amazing job. UBS Arena is going to be incredible. Uh, you know, as a father of three daughters, I was thrilled to see that they have the most women's bathrooms in the league. Uh, you know, for for the for the families that have a few too many Coors Lights, you're not going to have to wait long in line. No free ads, Frank. I know that, but no, it's a great it's a great opportunity for the team to go on a run here at home, and, they, and and frankly, they have to they have to do it. Yeah, look, this is where the rubber meets the road for their season. They've got about three four weeks here to really turn around. And to your point, fourteen home games between now and January a significant opportunity. 
I guess part of it for me quickly is just that the Isles actually have a beautiful brand new building. Like, I, I don't know that I necessarily saw that coming all the years and games that I went to on Long Island. I was calling it the Nassau Mausoleum instead of the Coliseum because the place was always dead. And now their fan base has something real to celebrate in which is a sparkling new arena at Belmont Park. So we're all excited for that. Um, speaking of the Islanders, one player that made your latest change of scenery list, which is now out on dailyfaceoff.com, is Oliver Wallstrom, the number 11 overall pick from the 2018 draft. Intriguing player, but I think your attention was grabbed by what Barry Trotz said recently. Yeah, Barry Trotz earlier this week just flat out came and said, Wallstrom's lucky to be in the lineup. And Every team notices that, you know, especially these teams that are looking to add scoring, these teams that are looking to add offense. So Oliver Wallstrom's a new name on the uh, change of scenery list for us just because of a comment that was made. We know he only had two goals in the last 10 games and the production was down, but this player has been drafted to be a goal scorer. So, hey, when he's not doing it, you see a comment like that, what happens? The other 31 teams in the league take notice. A uh, couple other guys for us that are that are making the list now. We, we added Dylan Dubé. Uh, Calgary's playing great. Dubé's sitting on, I think, one goal in 17 games last night. And prior to last night's game against Buffalo, his ice time had been the lowest we'd seen all season, down to the 10-minute mark. Last night, they had a big win, 6-0, um, so his ice time goes up to 14 minutes. But I see a little bit of a roadblock, which is one of those things that we talk about that teams identify that it might be challenging for him to ever get back in that top six in the short term with Goudreau and Coleman playing so well. So is Dubé boxed out? Is this a team with Daryl Sutter that would love some veteran help in the bottom six? You know, maybe this is a guy that we see uh, on the move. Another guy we have, Eli Tolvanen, jumping on the list. Uh, similar to Wallstrom, supposed to be a goal scorer. Last year, he had 11 goals and 11 assists and I think 45 games or so. You know, now he's at one goal in 16 games. Um, it's a player with an amazing shot, but they're counting on him for some production. He has to get it going. Nashville's trying to make a push to be in the playoff race all year. He's a guy that we want a little more out of. Uh, on the blue line, one name that jumped out is Matt Kierstead down in Florida. Kierstead was probably the top free agent two seasons ago. Uh, a little cup of coffee in Florida, but when he got sent down early this year, it grabbed the attention of teams. He's got five points in 11 games, smooth skating, puck moving defenseman. That it's, we hear every team in the league is looking for a smooth skating, puck, you know, puck moving defenseman. So Kierstead is not in the lineup now in Florida. Is he a guy that uh, moves on? Last but not least, uh, we have Justin Hole in Toronto. Hey, he was rock solid for the Leafs last year. He obviously is not producing. We're not expecting big numbers from him, but minutes are slightly down. But more importantly, healthy scratch you know he's been healthy scratch it gets our attention so those are five new names that we've added to the list and you know we'll see when some stuff shakes out but we know trades are coming in the league yeah when you're a healthy scratch for six out of 18 games to start the year and you're making two million bucks on a team where every dollar counts that certainly grabs everyone's attention around the league with Liljegren Sandine playing larger roles this year for the Leafs Justin Hall could certainly be the odd man out. Great stuff. Grills, way to work through all that in just two minutes and 30 seconds.
but I wanted to bring you to a conversation that I had with Rick Tockett on the DFO rundown. I was asking, you know, how do you stay in the game? Yes, you're not behind a bench for the first time in four years. Uh, you're now on TNT. What, what do you do to stay in the game? He said, well, I have other conversations with other current coaches to keep on top of what's going on in the league. Check out what he said on today's edition, episode 81 of the DFO rundown. First, we talk to Chief, and he'll talk about that they worked on some D-zone coverage. That, that maybe he hasn't liked his team the way they played last couple of games. And they worked on a couple of drills. And he'll ask me, hey, what do you think of these drills? Or have you, you know, we bounce uh, ideas off each other. And then if I watch the Blues game, I'll watch, you know, I'll watch some of the game. And I'll, I'll see if what he was they did in practice has translated into the game. Um, I love that. And I say, yeah, Chief was telling me they were, they were talking about doubling up on a little quicker and, they, they had a drill where they were doubling up, and then you watch the game. They go, man, St. Louis is really playing good, you know, defense. They're getting the puck. Uh, they're, uh, I'm, they're stopping a cycle, and they're getting the puck back. So I love that stuff, right? So you just, as a, as a coach that's on the sidelines, you're looking at which, what he's doing uh, the day before transpires in the game. And then we'll talk about it down, you know, a couple of days from now, I'll go, hey, Chief, I love that drill. It worked in the game. Or maybe it doesn't, you scrap the drill. So that's the conversations we have. First, so we talk to Chief, and I'll talk about that they worked on some defense. That is new Flyers Hall of Famer Rick Tockett inducted this week, talking about how he stays in the game in conversations with coach of the St. Louis Blues, Craig Bruby. So my question for you, Greels, is as someone who has been in a front office and largely played a scouting role, how do you stay up on prospects as you're transitioning and, and waiting for your next gig as well? Well, yeah, I love what Rick Tockett's doing there. And I took a very similar approach. And you're constantly talking to executives and picking their brains on how they do things, what information are they actually willing to share when you're not with the team. But a big thing for me that I've been trying to do, and I think this is important to our sport, is, is branching out and talking to Major League Baseball teams that, hey, two years ago, there's 40 rounds in the draft. How do you bring in all the data? How do you work on your list? Uh, the NFL, the development's all done in the league. Right? There's no minors. So how are you developing players at the pro level? Um, MLS, you know, European soccer, they're, they're working on free agents from the entire world, you know, not, a, not a selection of five countries. So how are you doing it? And not that we're going to reinvent the game, but I look at you know, how corporate America works. Blockbuster's big one day and Netflix blows it by. And you know, Not that someone's going to blow away in hockey, but there's opportunities to get better. And I think Rick Talk is trying to do it. I'm trying to do it. And I'm sure a lot of people are trying to learn and see what's next in our game. Well, and you've made Daily Faceoff better, adding something like the change of scenery list. Where did you get that idea from? A book by Theo Epstein. So just another example. And oh, by the way, the Fenway Sports Group buying the Pittsburgh Penguins this week. So lots of interesting parallels. Let's take a deeper dive. Speaking of a historic franchise in the Boston Red Sox, let's take a deeper dive on one of the NHL's teams uh, that certainly has that historic perspective, and they're off to a historically bad start, and that's the Montreal Canadiens. Let's dive in with Arpin Basu on All 32. Pleased to welcome friend of the show and Montreal Canadiens writer and editor-in-chief of The Athletic Montreal Arpin Basu to the Daily Faceoff Show. Arpin, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yep. So, Arpin, let's dive right in. Um, I'm no math major, but this season seems well lost for the Canadians. They need 
something like 85 points over their last 63 games to get into a playoff spot. Not happening. So my question to you Mm -hmm. is, as they go down this path and at some point turn the page to next season, how critical is it to answer the question of who's going to be running this team beyond this season before even really taking many steps further this year? Well, that's really, I mean, that's kind of the the crux of what's gone wrong here is that, you know, if you don't want to bring Mark Bergevin back, which it seems quite obvious that Jeff Molson doesn't want to do right now, you know, it's how often do you see a general manager change its season? And, and the primary reason you can't do that is because most of the candidates that you'd want to talk to are employed by other teams and those teams are not going to let you talk to them in the middle of the season. So the Canadians are stuck in this holding pattern right now in the sense that you have what appears to be a lame duck general manager and you have a coach who just signed a three-year contract just this past summer coming off the Stanley Cup final appearance. So, I mean, was somewhat understandable. Uh, so changing him doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you would want the theoretical next GM to have the chance to make an evaluation of either Ducharme or bring in his own person. Um, and then you have Jeff Molson, who's who hasn't said a thing about anything. So no one knows, who knows what he's thinking, but I mean, he's going to be in charge of actually choosing the next general manager something that he hasn't done since he hired Bergevin with the help of Serge Savard, um, which is the only general manager he's ever hired as, as owner of the Canadians, primary owner of the Canadians. So there's a lot of balls in the air. And the reality of the Canadian situation is that other than Bergevin maybe liquidating some of these guys at that before the trade deadline, not a whole lot is in a position to change tangibly for this team over the course of this season, just because of the circumstances surrounding Bergevin's contract. Arpin, I want to ask you about Cole Caulfield. You know, I thought Bergman did the hard part in sending him down to the minors. There's a lot of conversations that go on there, probably with the owner, probably with the agent, with the player, and then actually sending him down is the hard part. And I think he played six games. Were you surprised that he came back up some, so quickly and it wasn't a longer stint to, you know, to just really find the, find the player he is? Like, were you surprised he's back up so quickly? Yeah, I really was. Um... It, I think it kind of speaks to how the, the how the Canadians are somewhat disconnected to their reality right now. I mean, there was no reason to see last night's Penguins game as some sort of crucial game where they need Caulfield to come in and help them get a win. I mean, I know that things are pretty desperate right now, and the Canadians are still viewing themselves as potentially a team that could get back into the race, even though that's not realistic by any definition of the term. But if it were me, I would prioritize Caulfield really having a stretch of dominant games in the AHL before calling him back. And he, he hasn't done that. He was starting to find his game. He just, you know, his last couple of games were good. And as you see the numbers there, I mean, they look fine, but, you know, he started kind of slowly and he was starting to pick it up. It's it's really something the Canadians are going to have to grapple with this season if things continue the way they are. And and let me be clear, they're not going to be this bad all year. At some point, they're going to start winning some games and, and put together a mini run of some sort, just because all teams do. Um, but the Canadians are going to have to decide if they're young players, if they want to keep them in this environment that's that's a predominantly losing environment, or if they want to have them play in Laval, which has a pretty good team this year. I mean, you could actually send guys like Caulfield, Ryan Paling, uh, you know, even Alexander Romanov at some point, they could decide to do that with him and, 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 and really determine if having the winning environment in Laval is more valuable than the NHL experience in a, in a really heavy losing environment uh, in Montreal. Quickly, Arpin, wanted to ask you about the absence of Shea Weber and Carey Price. A lot of people had said heading into this year, look, 
this Habs team is really going to struggle. Is is missing those two guys the only reason for that, or is there a deeper roster construction issue that you can put your finger on that says these th- that's why this team is off to the start that they are? Uh, yeah, well, I think you know more so than their leadership. I think losing Shea Weber on their back end really sort of deconstructed the way that they felt that the defense could play. I mean, when you look at how the guys that they've added, they've all been added sort of in Shea Weber's mold, you know, and at least in the defensive end when they signed Ben Sherratt a few years ago, Joel Edmondson last year, David Savard this offseason, which was obviously done to kind of offset the loss of Weber. But still, you know, in the playoffs last year, that sort of big, rugged, less mobile defense was was effective for them. And, and they've doubled down and kind of gone against the grain of what the NHL believes. So the defense has been an issue. The goaltending has has legitimately been an issue. I think Jake Allen did as well as he could be expected to do, but you know he's obviously a downgrade from Carey Price. So, you know, roster construction, yes, I think the defense is poorly constructed, but I think losing Weber is something that they didn't anticipate and they they couldn't really accommodate for that. And and up front, you know, they're missing some center play. They have a lot of strong wingers on this team, but Nick Suzuki is really their only viable. Uh, you know, top six center in the group. And they were hoping Christian Dvorak would be that, and he hasn't so far. Interesting. Yeah, it's been a fascinating season to watch for all the wrong reasons in Montreal. We're glad to get your insight, Arpin. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been another edition of the All 32. It's time for the Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. And I'll ask you this, Grills. Jacob Markstrom gets his fifth shutout in 13 games. Should Tony Esposito or the Esposito family now with Tony Esposito recently passing be on alert with the NHL single season shutout record of 15, which was set back in 1969-70 as we take a peek here in the expansion era. This is the expansion era record. Is Markstrom going to get there or is he going to get close? I would say the Esposito family has to take notice. Um, And the reason is without the hard data in front of me, we know the scoring goes down in the middle of the year. These games get tighter checking. So I expect Calgary to continue to play very well defensively, Markstrom to keep pucks out of the net. Uh, why do I vote for him to, to do it? Because I want to root for records being broken. So let's do it. Uh, I think the Vancouver fans won't be thrilled, uh, but it'd be good. it's a good one to watch. What I love about the Markstrom run, and I think it's it should be on alert because Daryl Sutter's team plays – they found a way to really clamp down that it's going to give them an opportunity to get close on a lot of nights. But what, mm-hmm. What's fascinating about five shutouts in 13 games from Markstrom is how long he went in his career without one. The first 128 games played for him in the NHL without a single shutout, five in 13 games. He's obviously been one of the league's best goaltenders the last three, four years, but still uh, some mind-numbing numbers coming from Markstrom to start. Let's hop into our daily face-off best bets of the day. Tyler, you've been on a ridiculous run, three and zero, a three-game heater, and you'll show us your, your tell us your record for the year. But you're not liking anything tonight, so you're not gonna not gonna risk any units. Yeah, I mean we're rolling pretty good right now on the year. I'm thirty-seven, eighteen, and two. We're up fifteen point two units. We're making money, and there's just humble these two brag. Games tonight I, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, these two games tonight, there's just not a lot I like. So I'm staying away. But the nice part about PointsBet is they're always updating their futures market. So I figured now would be a good time to give everyone a little update on a few things from around the league, starting with the big one, the Stanley Cup winner. And the top three has actually stayed the same, Colorado, Tampa, and Vegas. And this despite some early struggles from Vegas and the fact Colorado is uh, still not sitting atop their division. But I kind of understand that. But as we scroll down a little bit, a couple of interesting spots here. You can see the Oilers have actually taken the biggest jump out of anyone in the league. They opened up around that 22 to 25 to 1 range. They're now all the way up at 12 to 1. And a couple of teams lower down that I actually think might be giving some decent value right now. I like the Washington Capitals at 25 to 1. They're sitting right around where they were at the start of the year. They've been off to a great start and they're doing doing it without Nicholas Backstrom, who could be coming back soon or, I mean, at least before the playoffs get going and they're looking like a playoff team. And uh, the other one, Frank, that I need to point out for you, look at those Winnipeg Jets still at 30 to 1. I can't believe that they're being undervalued here by the sports books. still. They were 40 to 1 to start the year. They're off to a great start and they've only jumped to 30 to 1. If you're looking to uh, get in on the Stanley Cup, betting action the Jets at 30 to 1 might be your best value play on the list the other thing I like over at points bet is the fact that you can still bet on who's going to win each division and those odds are always changing so I'll just rattle through them uh, quickly here starting as you can see with the central where I can't believe the avalanche are still even money to win this thing I get they're going to get rolling at some point here but the fact that you could go and put a unit on the wild a unit on the Jets and as long as one of them wins you're going to be coming away with a profit is really surprising to me. The Jets at six to one to win the Central is another really good value spot, in my opinion. Uh, just quickly, some other divisions. The Oilers, they've jumped from plus 500 to start the year all the way up to even money already. Vegas at plus 225. And you can see those red hot Anaheim Ducks at uh, plus 2,000. So 20 to one to win the division. And out east, I actually think the Tampa Bay Lightning might be worth a look in the Atlantic. They're plus 350. They're only six points back, and they got two games in hand on, of the division lead. And in the Metro, it's still the Canes as the favorite. There's nothing really of, of good value there, in my opinion. And to wrap things up, Frank, the Hart Trophy. Two Oilers sit one and two, actually. McDavid's plus 150, Drysaddle's plus 400, and it drops all the way off to Ovechkin, actually, at 15 to 1 in that third spot. So the sportsbook's really thinking the Hart Trophy is going to stay in Edmonton. It makes sense, but I, I mean, the Ovechkin play might be worth it, especially if he leads yeah. the league in goals or is close to it. He's been ridiculous. And what's better than the Jets being 30 to 1 is when you got in at 40 to 1. So, not going to like pat that. myself. Yeah, too early, <laughs> but uh, definitely pretty excited about that. Uh, threw a couple bucks on them to start the year just to back up what we already put out there on dailyfaceoff.com. Thank you, Tyler. And so let's get to garbage time. My favorite segment of the show, Grills. A few weeks ago, you gave a little love to Max Wilman. You love the journeyman, the guys who takes a little bit of time to get to the NF NHL. Who's your guy that uh, really got you excited this week? Well, this week we got uh, Justin Danforth, who played his first career game for Columbus. First ever Sacred Heart alum to play in the NHL, Sacred Heart. NCAA school. He's recruited by CJ Maritola and Scott McDougal, who I can remember 10 years ago were telling us how good a, a player this kid was going to be. And he's a guy that just stuck it out. You know, he's playing the coast. He's playing the American League. He's played in Finland. He's played in Russia. And now he's scoring a goal in the NHL. So great story. You know, when he played his first game, I was almost disappointed that he didn't at least get two minutes for, you know, two minutes for interference, get on the score sheet no matter what. But the kid knew he was going to score in game two. So he's back. He's playing. Uh, it's just great to see. It's a good story. And again, it's another one of our examples of 
it's not a, it's not a direct route to the NHL. So for all our families that are listening and young listeners, like you can get there. You just got to put in all the hard work. And this is a kid that did not quit. Steve Greeley, a sucker for the underdog story. So love to see that. Uh, great addition as well on garbage time. What a show today. Hope everyone slides into the weekend like Connor McDavid does against uh, when he's outnumbered against Winnipeg Jet defenders. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Daily Faceoff show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk to you then. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.